welcome to a show where you will hear about how our liberty is being eroded by the very people that swear an oath to protect it. Today, the president signed a big new anti-terrorism bill that would expand the government's ability to track down terrorists, but at some cost. On this show, we will discuss many of the lies that the government, the government that hates us, by the way, we will discuss the lies that the people in positions of power and influence spread every day. And what is the best way to confuse children? Confuse them about their sexuality, confuse them about their gender, expose them to things that their little brains are not ready for yet. That is how they are confusing children. It is leading to chaos. And big daddy government, of course, can be there to pick, up, pick us all up and take care of us at the end of it. We will also talk about how current elected leadership at all levels of government has been corrupted by power and control, as well as discuss the types of leadership needed to correct our republic's course. We the people. It was time to remember that we the people are the government. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now. I am your host, Larry Linton, retired U.S. Navy Command Master Chief and prior Tennessee House of Representatives District 12 candidate, and welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome to this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. The topic of leadership is up in the rotation today, and as I said last week, we'll talk about the fake it until you make it type of leadership that you can find in nearly all walks of life right now particularly in elected officials and in churches across the country. I'm quite sure that all of us have met people in leadership roles, whether it is in the corporate world or even in our communities, and after watching them in action, you just wonder how they got in that position in the first place. There are some prominent people in elected leadership positions right now, and I will give you an example of one, that are in those roles that I believe fit that fake-it-until-you-make-it style. Right off the bat here locally, certain members of the Sevier County Board of Education come to mind, but I'll save that for another episode. Now, because I did not get to the news about the GOP majority electing Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House during last week's episode, you can be sure that he is the fake-it-until-you-make-it type of leader. Heck, we could include nearly every elected member of the House, Senate, and White House right now along with many people in our state governments. Now, as I said before, I absolutely believe that Speaker McCarthy definitely fits the mold of the fake-it-until-you-make-it type of leader. We'll also discuss the efforts that some conservatives in the House of Representatives used during the battle for the Speaker position, and I will give you what I believe will be the impact it will have on the citizens' liberty. Some of those conservatives might be fake-it-until-you-make-it type of leaders. Others involved, though, Definitely aren't. I'll tell you why I believe that as well. Before I get into the meat of the program today, I want to tell you all about the very special guest I will have on next week's episode. I have heard this person speak at a few public venues so far, and I believe her message needs to be heard by everybody, especially by those people that have children in public schools and do not believe that anything terrible is going on there. I would also like to start off by saying that I do not believe all public school teachers are bad, nor do I think that all boards of education are filled with evil people. But 
Ignorance cannot be an excuse any longer. Ignorance by elected board members, by teachers, and by parents with children in public schools. I believe I discussed this a few months back. In fact, it was in May of 2022 that I talked about how elected officials are making bad policy, government spending, bad laws. These people are often operating from either a position of ignorance or corruption. Once they are made aware of bad programs, policies, or proposed legislation, and they continue on that path, they move from ignorance to corruption. For public school teachers, remaining part of or a member of any organization that is lobbying for and promoting the garbage that is being put into children's heads these days, and right here I'm referring to teachers' unions, well, there's an added factor for teachers, though, that are put into those positions, and that's fear. We can discuss that some more in the future, though. So teachers are often put in the position of not operating out of ignorance or corruption, but fear. Anyway, next week's guest will be Miss Andrea Gomez. She is currently the Tennessee State Director of the organization Citizens for Renewing America. By the way, listeners, you need to check out that organization. The organization's mission is to renew an American consensus of a nation under God, with unique interests, worthy of defending that flow from its people, institutions, and history. Also, where individuals' enjoyment of freedom is predicated on just laws and healthy communities. Look around you right now, in your own communities, in your states, and on our nation as a whole. You know that this organization's work is much needed. The president of Citizens for Renewing America is Mr. Russ Vaught. He was a member of President Trump's cabinet and served as the acting director of the Office of Management and Budget, OMB. He also served as the vice president of Heritage Action for America and has an extensive history of working with House Republican Conference and also served as the executive director of the Republican Study Committee. I urge you all to visit their website, citizensrenewingamerica.com, to learn more about them and also to sign up to receive information from them so you can discover ways in which to get involved. Anyway, our guest is an impressive lady in her own right. Andrea Gomez spent nearly a decade as an elementary school teacher working with students from diverse populations and languages, not only here in Tennessee most recently, but also in California. Like so many others during the pandemic, she found herself taking a stand against mandates in her school district. That went on to ignite a passion for studying the Constitution and the principles of conservatism. With a master's degree in education, Ms. Gomez believes that historical, biblical, and constitutional knowledge is the key to renewing our country and culture. She lives here in the great state of Tennessee with her husband and two children. I'll let her tell you more of her story and her why on getting involved in this fight to restore liberty in our republic during next week's interview. I am so excited that she agreed to come on this program and talk with the audience. Be sure and tune in next week, where the focus will be on the lies the government tells all of us about public education and the lies believed by parents and taxpayers about that institution. I would like to encourage you all to get those people that do not pay any attention to or do not believe the truth of what is happening in public schools here in Tennessee and around the nation to tune in next week. Get them to listen. Like I said, 
while she is doing her work here in the great state of Tennessee, what she will be talking about is happening all over the country. So please, again, tune in next week. I also ask that you share next week's episode with everyone in your contacts list and on your social media pages. Now, once again, before we get into the meat of today's topic, let's pause for a word from the show sponsor, Anchor.fm. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Not only can you listen to the show on Anchor, but they also distribute this podcast to many other platforms as well, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. I also distribute the show to YouTube and Rumble, as well as share links on the social media sites that I have on Facebook, Instagram, Getter, Gab, CloudHub, Parler, True Social, Telegram, Twitter, and MeWe. Just about anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find this show. If you have any feedback on this topic or the podcast in general, you can send an email to me. The email address is Larry at Liberty Leadership and Lies.com. Liberty Leadership and Lies is all one word, no spaces or punctuation. Larry at Liberty Leadership and Lies.com. Now let's get on to the fake it until you make it type of leadership. Like many of you, I was on the sidelines cheering every time a vote for the Speaker of the House came up and it resulted in nobody winning. While many people, especially the statists and communists and members of the Uniparty, while they were wailing and moaning about how our democracy was ground to a halt over these votes, the whole thing was a boon for our country. Why, you ask? Well, the House of Representatives cannot advance or vote on any legislation if there isn't a Speaker of the House. Because the Speaker determines the schedule. No Speaker means no scheduled votes. Heck, the members of the House of Representatives could not even be sworn into office until a Speaker is elected. While the members of the new Congress first met on the 3rd of January, it wasn't until the 7th that they could begin to work. I somewhat discussed this earlier this week when I sent out a blog post titled Results, Not Excuses. You should give it a read. I put it out on Sunday, the 15th of January, and you can find it on the website. And we've talked about this before as well as it relates to whenever state and federal legislatures are in session. Those elected representatives, mostly elected through apathy, are like pastry chefs. Every law they pass becomes a flaky layer of pastry between the citizen and our liberty. While it may taste good, it definitely isn't good for us. Right now, there's over 400 bills proposed in the new Congress just since the 7th of January. Gee, imagine that. But thankfully, there were some members of the House Freedom Caucus that fought for some common sense rules for the House before agreeing to vote McCarthy in as Speaker. Now, if you don't think the media is biased, even some of the so-called conservative media outlets, you should just do an internet search for House Freedom Caucus. Often described as far-right or ultra-conservative or a cult, there is very little written in the media that describes this group of people in a positive manner. Heck, even members of the Uniparty 
called them terrorists over these votes. Now, why is that, folks? Of course, we know the why. Government and media do not like it when it is exposed just how limited government is supposed to be as designed in our constitutional republic. That is what many of the members of the Freedom Caucus were doing in forcing vote after vote for the position of speaker. While the media likes to portray those votes in a much different manner, if you were actually paying attention, you would see the real reason for those votes. Kevin McCarthy, barring a cataclysmic upheaval in the GOP, was almost assuredly guaranteed to gain the gavel as Speaker of the House. The opposition to his position was more about policies and rules, more than it was about personality, although that did come into play too. Because that isn't to say that McCarthy should be the Speaker. In my mind, he shouldn't. Because he is more representative of the Uniparty than he is of the Republican Party which isn't saying much either. A vast majority of elected officials on the GOP side align more with the Uniparty than they do with the stated positions of the National Republican Party. Kevin McCarthy, as I stated at the opening, is definitely a fake-it-until-you-make-it type of leader. How can you tell? Well, a look at his voting record will show you that he has been faking it since he was first elected to the House of Representatives. That was in 2006, 17 years ago. His voting record has consistently been trending from conservative to liberal since first winning election to the House of Representatives. CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee, currently gives him a rating of 74 on their scorecard. Now, if you're my age and you remember the letter grades you were assigned in school, that would be a C. Another organization, the Conservative Review, actually gives him a much lower grade, which they call their Liberty Score, of 54. Again, if you're my age, you know that is a failing grade. That reminds me of something that Gary Humble of Tennessee Stands addressed at the recent East Tennessee Grassroots Leadership Summit. He talked about politicians and their moving towards the middle in order to grow the movement or grow participation or to gain consensus. A fair percentage of political leaders now, in addition to leaders at company startups, professional groups, and not-for-profits, pursue what they consider to be the holy grail of decision-making, which is developing a consensus. This can be a bad idea because it more often than not leads to institutional paralysis, but that in the case of government is a good thing. But otherwise, it also leads to resentment, fractured teams, and watered-down initiatives. That is primarily what we see in government, and especially within the GOP, both at the state and federal level. Resentment, the fracturing of teams, and extremely watered-down initiatives. Initiatives that, when watered down, erode the people's liberty. So why is the idea of consensus and decision-making so appealing? I believe it's because these leaders are trying to get to the false fantasy that nobody will be mad at me. So, a Republican leader's wish to avoid conflict, or to avoid being perceived as controlling, mean, or power-hungry, makes consensus-building seem like a good approach. 
What they have lost, though, is that they do not learn the lesson that a leader must tolerate making people unhappy and not being liked. It's all about business. It's nothing personal. In essence, these leaders, these Republican leaders that have made their role about themselves personally, instead of the position they were elected to serve in, a position that comes with an oath to, quote, support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter, so help me God, unquote. Building a consensus to protect your personal image and not the constitutional position, that is a very dangerous, very slippery slope. Consensus building is bad for several reasons. And those reasons are, one, it doesn't work. First and foremost, if it doesn't work, why do we try it? Number two, decisions, if they're worth paying attention to at all, involve weighing pros and cons, assessing input from an array of experiences and sources, then calculating priorities, applying values, and estimating consequences. Decisions that are made in the House of Representatives require that those same decisions must be made within the limitations placed upon the Congress by the Constitution. Those enumerated powers we talk about quite often here. And consensus leads to groupthink which is not constitutional fealty. Ultimately, somebody has to narrow down the data points into those that are the most important and whether that governmental body remains within its constitutional boundaries. And that's the leader with ultimate authority, the Speaker of the House. Number three, consensus building process can be experienced as a tease by team members who feel tantalized by the idea that they are equal partners in the decision. But ultimately, folks, it is the Speaker's responsibility to the Constitution that they abdicate to the groupthink where everybody believes they are equal partners. Abdicating authority is often necessary, but responsibility can never be given away. But that's what consensus building does. There are many other reasons why consensus building can be a bad thing, but moving towards the middle is moving away from our Constitution because the middle is moving further and further to the left, which means further and further, or really closer and closer to tyranny. And this is just one of the many reasons I believe why our Constitutional Republic is in retrograde instead of advancing and securing the people's liberty. Truly conservative elected members of government stay the course or hold the line on their principles. Leaders like Kevin McCarthy fake their principles in order to make it to the top. So, guess what we have now is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, third in line to the Presidency of the United States of America. We have a politician whose principles bend with the wind, who When trying to build a consensus, they are moving our country closer and closer to tyranny. That is something that was recognized by the members of the House Freedom Caucus, and they tried to bring it to the attention of the people of the United States. They knew they were fighting an impossible battle in the House of Representatives, 
But bringing McCarthy's weaknesses to the American people had to be one of their objectives. And hopefully they achieved it. That is what I was cheering on during the votes for Speaker, and I hope you were as well. So let's talk a bit about McCarthy's prior votes, and you can decide for yourself if he truly is what the GOP needs, or if he is providing an example of the uniparty that is moving towards the center, meaning they're just closing in on tyranny. First, the audience needs to remind themselves what the GOP's stated positions are. You can go over to GOP.com and read its platform. It has not been officially changed since 2016. And that actually turns out to be quite prescient, given that the current administration is just a continuation of what the nation had in place from 2008 until 2016 in terms of the usurpations of our liberty. Listen to this, go ahead and give it a look, and then re-listen to the end of the show. And let's compare it to exactly how McCarthy has voted recently. Here are just a few of his votes in the past Congress. Last August, he voted to pass the $700 billion so-called Inflation Reduction Act. How's that working out for you? I saw a funny meme of a grocery cart with a dozen eggs in it, and that stated that is the most expensive vehicle to operate right now. No kidding, right? McCarthy also voted to violate religious liberty rights with a rushed contraception bill just a month prior to that. Also in July of last year, he voted to codify same-sex marriage and ban states from supporting traditional marriage. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a clear departure from the system of federalism set up by our Constitution and definitely outside of Congress's enumerated powers. It's also a violation of the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. Is that something we want from the Speaker of the House of Representatives? Being part of a consensus that specifically violates the Constitution and strips the states of their rights? He, last year, he also voted in support of legislation that is euphemistically called gun control. I say euphemistically because any legislation that is called gun control is actually disarming the American citizen. Disarming law-abiding American citizens. If the audience would just try to place themselves in the minds of the Founding Fathers, it might be hard, but just try and think about it here for a minute. Now imagine you are in Congress in the 1790s, and a piece of legislation came before that Congress that sought to limit access to firearms. Remember, That was something that King George had attempted less than a generation earlier. What do you think would happen to any individual that attempted that or voted in support of that? You and I both know what would have happened. Yet here we are in the age of consensus building, of fake it until you make it leadership, and our elected officials are moving to erode our God-given right to defend ourselves. But wait, there's more. He has voted to send our sweat equity to the tune of billions of dollars to a corrupt nation, and he is not fighting tooth and nail to protect our own border. Speaker McCarthy has a terrible record as a so-called conservative on just about every piece of legislation that is brewed in that evil cauldron called the House of Representatives. Now, just what did these 20 or so conservative members get as concessions that should be cheered by every single American? 
Let's go over a couple of them. First, there's the motion to vacate. This is probably the most significant concession McCarthy made in the rules package. It's a procedural tool used to remove the Speaker. The House rules under former Speaker Pelosi required a majority vote by a party caucus or conference in order for a motion to vacate to be brought up for a vote. McCarthy initially moved that threshold down to five members, but the conservatives forced him to agree to restore the ability of a single member from either party to force a vote to oust the Speaker. From a majority down to five down to a single member ensures more accountability. It also serves to slow down the workings of the branch of government where all spending bills are supposed to originate. Slowing the usurpers down is a huge win for everybody. Look at the breakneck speed with which they operated to pass legislation that either cost us money or liberty, but more often both at the same time. Another concession is the Holman Rule. That's huge. This will allow an eroding of what many people consider to be the deep state that is operating our government today. This rule was first adopted in 1876 and it allows amendments to appropriation bills to slash the salaries of or fire specific federal employees or to cut specific programs. We've talked about how programs that the federal government creates are the closest thing to eternal life that anything we'll see here. Anyway, we'll have to wait and see if it is actually put into practice. But cutting federal salaries and programs is what is needed right now to enforce some fiscal sanity and safeguard against the waste of the citizens' sweat equity. Another significant concession is something called the 72-hour rule. This provision or rule requires that a bill's text be released at least 72 hours before a vote on the House floor, giving lawmakers time to read that legislation. But it also gives the citizens of this country time to look at what government is trying to do to us, not for us, before it is actually voted on. Remember what happened when the $1.7 trillion government spending package, which was voted on by Congress shortly after the text of the Mammoth legislation was released? Fly-by-night usurpations of our liberty is something that our government has become quite adept at. Like the motion to vacate, this rule will also serve to slow down government. Always, let me repeat that, slowing down government is always a good thing. Another huge concession is the so-called cut-as-you-go rule. The current pay-as-you-go requirement has not been working. Instituting this rule, which prohibits consideration of legislation that has the net effect of increasing mandatory spending within a 5- or 10-year budget window. I can imagine that was a hard pill to swallow for the big spending members of the Uniparty. But I am quite sure the crafty and devious usurpers will find a way around this rule during this Congress. If nothing else, government has become exceedingly smart at the ways in which they insert themselves into our wallets. There are other things that I consider good about the concessions McCarthy had to make in order to obtain the gavel. The best part is that it will force him to move out of the role of fake it until you make it because it forces him to show his true colors while he's in this position. 
Those conservatives that forced these concessions do not appear to be the fake it until you make it, because unlike the current speaker, they have stood solidly on their conservative principles, on their constitutional principles, the principles by which they were elected to their positions, not by their ability to build consensus and move towards the middle. Well, that's it for this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. Before we close, we have this week's wisdom from God's Word that comes to us from Romans sixteen seventeen. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Consensus building, especially within the halls of government, has only caused divisions in our republic. It has created obstacles between the people and our Creator's gift of free will. What our government, at the state and federal level, has shown us over the years that the consensus building towards what the usurpers call the middle, well, that has only served to move us closer and closer to tyranny every day. We all must resist the call to build a consensus and stand firmly in the arena to defend the constitutional principles which propelled our nation to greatness. Moving towards the middle has our nation and our freedom in retrograde. Look for and support those leaders who are not the fake it until you make it type, but support those that stand firm upon the true principles of liberty. Unprincipled leadership has put us in this position, and it will take an enormous effort to get us out of it. If you cannot find those principled leaders, throw your own hat into the ring. Run for office. Volunteer your time and effort to attend meetings where elected officials are trying to build a consensus around eroding your liberty and wasting your sweat equity. Be the lone voice crying out so you can rally others to the cause. Believe me, those people are out there just waiting for a principled leader to show up that we can all rally around. Thank you all for listening this week, and I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I also want to remind you of next week's guest. It will be a show you do not want to miss, and you also want to share it with parents that have children in public schools. Until next week, stand in the arena with me, Reveille. It's time to wake up.